You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Why Twitter or X is hot today. We already have, here's a guy coming in. Judd might be the most idiotic member of the Score North ilk, and that's saying something given his counterparts. And <laughs> well, I thank a, you only have like a limited amount of counter. We don't have like a huge staff no, here at Score North. So. But I, I immediately retweeted that and thanked him and then said, <laughs> take that, Jacqueline and Phil. I'm going to retweet or repost this. And then we've got, we've got, so, man, where do we start here? Ian Rappaport coming in hot here saying a name to watch. The Vikings have received calls inquiring about Jalen Rager, a source said. Mm-hmm. Minnesota traded for him about a year ago. So there's going to be news kind of flying here. We're recording this in the morning on Tuesday Today is roster cutdown day, so we will do a live stream later on looking at the Vikings' official 53-man roster. So there's going to be, like Diana Rossini had a thing about Justin Jefferson and the Vikings continue to to have great, amicable, productive discussions about a contract extension. There may or may not be news just flying around here. So we're going to do this episode today where we go through our position confidence rankings. To see just how confident we are in the Vikings' offense and defense and special teams before they make any trades here. So, like, if they wind up, you know, I don't know, if they tra- if they sign Kareem Hunt or something later today. This is, like, who they have on their 90-man roster and what we project to be on their 53 as we record this. And then if they do anything else newsworthy, if they trade Jalen Rager for a new starting guard or something, right, we will we will do a new episode addressing that. Fair? Is that fair to say? So what you're trying to say is we're on high alert all day long. High alert. Yes, our antennas are up. And, uh, you know, you don't even need an antenna for these new TCL TVs. Yeah, that's how new they are. No antenna needed. (laughs) Uh, TCL is one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Learn more at TCL.com. Inspire greatness with TCL. And a shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company as well. Federated's been around since 1904, acting like a great offensive line for a quarterback, a business owner. Federated is all about risk management. They have plenty of tools and resources for you, a business owner, to uh, sink your teeth into. You can find out more information at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. So Judd has invented the Vikings Confidence Rankings exercise here. Confidence, 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 confidence. Rankings, 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 rankings. So we're gonna we're gonna separate the entire team into five offensive positional categories and five defensive positional categories. So offense, we're looking for quarterbacks as a category, running back, fullback is a category, tight end, wide receiver, and offensive line as a whole. Defense. We've got defensive line, like the the down linemen, sort of the interior defensive linemen in this 
sort of a 3-4 scheme. The edge guys, so the outside linebacker edge guys are a second category. Inside linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties. And then we have special teams as a separate entity. So we're looking on a 1 to 10 scale here. One being panic, panic, panic. Oh my God, this position group is a train wreck. 10 being Hall of Famers across the board or however, whatever your classification is for a 10, right? Mm-hmm. And then we'll, have, we'll do some math dangerously at the end of this exercise and see how confident we nope. really are on the offense and the defense. You'll do math. I'm not doing any math, and okay. Declan ain't doing any math. Oh, God, no. You will be doing the math. Let's hey, you're going to do math. That's on you, man. Go for it. No, but, uh, exactly no. okay. I will math. attempt to do a little bit of math. Failed math twice. I had to pass stats. It's, uh, it was a whole thing. Oh. So, no, I'm not, not doing that. Stats. I hated stats. It's a lot yeah. better than math. It's kind of the same, though. It's all in this. It's numbers. Yeah, it was a load of crap when they tried to tell me stats would be easy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Judd's like, I thought I thought we we're going to be adding up uh, batting averages batting here. Average. What is this? What yeah. uh, what's this? Wins pitchers wins. Let's do pitchers wins. <laughs> uh, Johnny uh, Johnny pitcher guy goes five and a third and strikes out six. Okay, let's start with quarterback. How confident are you? One to ten scale in the Vikings quarterback room. Kirk Cousins, Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall. You know what? I am actually uh I am at a seven, which I think is very solid. Um I, I would say that going and this might not be true eight games in, it might not be true at the end of the season. I would say going in, if you were to give me a quarterback room from this division, I'm going to take the Vikings. Mainly, of course, because of Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is to put it probably the most fair way possible, I think Kirk Cousins is the is the most reliable quarterback in the division. He's the guy, like if you said, okay, you can have uh, Love, Fields, Goff, or Cousins. I'm taking Kirk. So I'm going to give them a seven, and I actually think that despite what people hear us say, I actually think this is a position of strength, and Kirk also does not, knock on wood, get hurt. So I'm going to give him a seven. Obviously, it's predicated on your starting quarterback. Because if you lose your starting quarterback, um, unless you're the San Francisco 49ers, who can just plug in the last pick of the draft, and all of a sudden you're in the NFC title game, uh, makes things a lot uh, more difficult. But I think in general, this is an eight for me. I'm going to one-up Judd and say this is an eight. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. I think Nick Mullins is a capable backup. If he has to make a spot start, you're not completely tanked, unlike a Sean Mannion type. And Jaron Hall's this wild card, right? He's a rookie quarterback. There's probably, uh, it's probably more of a doomsday situation, I guess, if Jared Hall does have to start in 2023. But I'm curious. I think it's it's the mystery box of what is he going to give you if he has to start. But for me, I think as a whole, largely predicated on Kirk, this is an 8 out of 10. I'm with Declan here. It's an 8 for me. You've got one of the top 10 to 12 quarterbacks in the world at the top of your quarterback list. And then Nick Mullins, can you guys name six or seven backup quarterbacks? I'm not talking about like like rookies that are that have high upside. I'm, I'm talking among like actual backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Are there more than five or six backups that you would for sure take over Nick Mullins, who has you know 10, 15 starts under his belt? Like Cooper Rush has carved the Vikings. I'd probably take Cooper Rush, Sam Darnold right now. Would you, take Sam, would you take Sam yeah. Darnold over? Yes, okay. I would. But anyway, I get your point, and I have yeah. no debate. Yeah. 
I think that's incredibly fair. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got a, you know, a, a mobile and uh, an interesting prospect as the third guy in that room, right? If if Patrick Mahomes and three tree stumps or two tree stumps is the best quarterback room in the NFL, if that's like a 10, then I think it's fair to put this in at like a, se- a seven or an eight feels right. And I, I feel like this is what we should always be around as long as O'Connell is coach as well. Because, you know, I will go back and say this for all of the Cousins Crusaders, you know, oh, you guys have come around. It's too late now. Kevin O'Connell's presence changed everything. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is a different guy. Kirk Cousins is. And and this is not all Kirk's fault, but Kirk Cousins is a more productive, far more confident, far more at ease, far more of a guy who could take control of the locker room. And he has a head coach who knows basically what Kirk should do. So, so this should always be a strength. Now, this is why you hire O'Connell, right? So that this feels like a strength and it's not like, well, the coach really loves defense, but (laughs) I think he hates the quarterbacks. You can't hate your quarterback room in 2023. Yes. I think, uh, yeah, I think this is, this is, there's a lot of teams that would love to work with this ball of clay here that the Vikings have. So is it, is it what the Chiefs have? Not necessarily. Is it what the Bills have? But it's pretty damn good. Okay, running back. One being panic. Ten being you got, uh, you know, a ten being you have Adrian Peterson, Dalvin Cook, and uh, Chuck Foreman all in their primes. Yeah. Uh, because of uncertainty, I'm going a five. I think Madison will be fine, but I think fine is fair. And just to be clear, I would never have kept Dalvin Cook at his salary, okay? So I'm not I'm not now going back and saying, oh, they should have kept him. No, I think what they did is smart. Um, Wang Wu being injured for all of training camp, though, killed the competition with Chandler. Chandler, I liked what I saw, but I still don't know a ton. So long story short, because I think that this position might actually receive an upgrade, and because... Um, I don't, I think there's more uncertainty than we expected. I'm going to give him a five. Five for me as well. Uh, I think Madison's a fine starter. Little bit of concern on the depth here. I mean, uh, between Ty Chandler and Dwayne McBride was kind of not a bust, but not what we initially thought coming out of the draft. Maybe there's an extra uh, running back that's added here. But in general, I think it's just a five out of 10 for me. Uh, It's like a... It's like a three for me. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, oh my God. It's like a, yeah, dudes. It's, well, let's go, let's go through here. Okay. So let's, let's, first of all, ward off your evil spirits with the flag. (laughs) Go away. This should be a, this should be a safe space. This should be a safe space to talk about this stuff. (laughs) So, well, let's, let's go through it for a second here. So, Alex Madison. He's never never been a workhorse running back over the course of a season, and they're asking him to probably do that right now. Again, I am making this judgment before they make a trade or make a signing. As of right now, the running back room is what it is. Madison has never carried more than 134 times in a season. It's been, you got to go back to 2020. It's been three years since he averaged more than 3.8 yards per carry. That's like Matt Asiata level yards per carry. And on the on the receiving side, according to Pro Football Focus last year, he was one of the worst pass catching running backs in the entire league. Yeah, fair. So, I I I like Alex Madison in the role that he's been in, which is like, hey, once in a while, if you got to lean on him, that's fine. 
And then you go back behind him. Okay, let's say Wangu makes the team. Well, he's done nothing meaningful outside of kick returning. And he's great at kick returning, but in terms of like a running back in the offense, no, we haven't seen it. Ty Chandler had a nice little preseason for the most part, but he's never done it in a game in the NFL regular season before. So I am a Ty Chandler fan, but there's just, there's nothing here that says, oh, you for sure know you're getting a really reliable set of running backs here or a starting running back you can lean on. So until proven otherwise, it's a three for me. Wow. Yeah. I Here's my hope on especially Madison. My hope is this. My hope is that because he really didn't get a great chance beat behind Cook, that there is far more there there. But I agree completely on depth right now. Like, that's a concern. And the Wang Wu thing to me, like, he is, he might get a chance still, but you have no idea, right? Like, you have no clue. You didn't see a thing in training camp. You didn't see a thing in preseason games. Fortunately, you know what? On offense, if I was going to call a position questionable, this would probably be the one where I'd be at least semi-comfortable. Like, if this were wide receiver, you're like, Oh, oh I see what you're saying. You're you're okay with it being like, uncertain I, yes. compared to other positions. I'm okay, okay. with them yeah. adding it, and it. I I am very okay in this era with it being a committee approach. I just think the committee needs more members than we are currently seeing. I think they will get that. But if I had to question one position on offense, and you gave me a pick, I would prefer it be running back compared to any other spot. Okay. Well, let's move into the next spot here. Tight end. Let's go tight end here. You got TJ Hawkinson. You got, I mean, we don't have to list all the names, but for every position, yeah. Hawkinson, Josh Oliver, you got Johnny Munt, you got Nick Muse. Me, uh, just a lot of options here. So one being panic, train wreck, 10 being no sweat, Hall of Famers, Judd. Assuming everything is cool with Hawkinson and if, if his contract does not get done before the opener, he just comes back and plays and there's zero problem there. I'm going to give this group a seven and a half. Um, I, I think it's starting from a good point. Hawkinson has proven he's damn good. Um, Oliver, who I think could probably catch the ball better than we think, also is has proven himself during his time with the Ravens to be a really good blocker. Uh, I do think that Munt in that third role is probably a bit better than trying to ask him to be in the secondary role that they did a year ago. Seven and a half. I think the tight end position is probably one of the one of the solid groups in this offense. This is a nine for me. It's a nine out of 10. Assuming, yeah, TJ Hawkinson's fine and not disgruntled. I think TJ Hawkinson's one of the five best tight ends in football. I think Josh Oliver gives you an extra added layer of blocking and scheme that you didn't have before. Plus, there actually still might be more offensive game to his side. And then you have Johnny Munt, who your head football coach called the best third tight end in the NFL. I mean, how, how, how do you not have this as a higher than, than a 9 or a 10, in my opinion? So I think it, they all know their roles. They're all really good players. No one's playing out of their skis either. It's a 9 out of 10 for me. I echo everything Declan just said. It's a 9 for me. Inexplicable that Judd would have this at a 7.5. Yeah, the disrespect, I, I, quite I frankly. I got some concerns on, on, on the Hawks' contract. I got some concerns on... Was well, he going to um, sit out the whole season? I, you know what? You're going to pull and a so, Le'Veon Bell? He's going to be boxing Adrian Peterson in a couple of years because he's broke? I, I don't think he's sitting. I hope not. I hope not. Seven and a half for me. I'm not budging off that. So you've got, you've got 
one of the top five pass catching tight ends in the league, like Declan said. You've got the best run blocking tight end in the NFL, and you've got the best third tight end yeah. in the National yeah. Football League, according to Mutt the head coach. And I'm not sure I'm saying that. So it's a nine for all of those reasons. All right. You got a okay. driver. You got your clubs. You got your putter. I mean, you got all three things in your bag right there. Yeah. What yeah. else? Your more do you irons your are dialed. You're yeah. you're smoking the ball down the fairway. Short your game. short game's on Johnny point. Mutt. I hope the driver's there when you need it most. That's true. That's true. All right. I let's go to wide. Not like I'm an underpaid driver. Screw you. <laughs> wide receiver. Okay, this is where I save my nine for. See, I can't just be dishing out nines left and right or. I'm taking away from when I do deliver a nine. And when you start with Justin Jefferson, you are a a nine. I think um, KJ Osborne is in for a very solid year. Mm -hmm. I do think he's probably going to be gone because he's going to be unrestricted after the season. Uh, My biggest concern about first round pick Jordan Addison is staying healthy because I think if he's healthy he's going to be productive i think brandon powell is incredibly solid not flashy but that's fine he's going to be your fourth guy uh nailer if he's back i think is going to be productive this group to me is a nine this is one of the i think this is one of the deepest groups that the vikings have had at this spot in a long time And, and i mean you know keep in mind 98 jake reed chris carter moss so they have certainly this franchise has been blessed with some great receivers, but I think this receiving core is really, really solid. And at the top, it's it's a superstar. So I give him a nine. Ten. Oh, wow. Perfect We're going ten. ten. Oh, man. Hold. Perfect ten. Oh, get the flag. We got our first ten. We got a ten. Perfect 10. You have the best wide receiver and maybe the best non-quarterback in the NFL. You have a really solid complimentary piece in K.J. Osborne. The wild card is Jordan Addison, and if he contributes right away, who he's not asked to be, he's not asked to being the number one wide receiver. He's the third guy, basically, in this pecking order who could become number two and, and surpass K.J. Osborne. And then you have depth guys. Jalen Naylor's fine. Maybe Jalen Rager's on this team. Maybe he's not. Um, I really like the wide receiving group. It, it's kind of tricky because I think I, we group all of the Viking skill positions into one big bin, but I still think when you look at just wide receiving group, I think this is a perfect 10 for me. It's a 10. It's uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to say nine no. because I need a little, I need to see a little more from Jordan Addison. Ask me again after the first two or three games, I'll tell you okay. some of the catches he's making in the preseason at practice. He looks like the real deal. Separation, route running, yeah. Yeah. hands, everything. Yeah, like his size is a little bit of a question, and obviously yep. health has been a thing in his first uh, summer here. But yeah, when you start with the best wide receiver in the world, who's Hall of Fame bound, a rock-solid number three, maybe like a like a 2.5 in K.J. Osborne and Jordan Addison. And then some depth. You got some interesting depth, some Powell's, some Nailers. It's a nine. It's a nine. Okay. And then we have one more offensive position group here on a one to 10 scale. One being panic train wreck, 10 being, you know, the, the Washington hogs from the eighties offensive line as a whole offensive line as a whole. Okay. This is where this exercise, uh, it gets to be extremely intriguing and a little bit difficult because the Vikings have two of the best tackles probably in the entire league. Assuming that o- O'Neal is, fully recovered from his Achilles 
um, tear or partial tear that he suffered against the Packers late last season. And it looks like he's going to be fine. He is a great right tackle. And Christian Derisaw, I think, is slowly but surely establishing himself as one of the top left tackles in the entire league. However, the interior of the line, especially when it comes to protecting Kirk Cousins, hasn't changed. And it's a little bit concerning with Cleveland, Bradbury, and Ingram. Therefore, I'm going to balance this all out. Very important to have good tackles, but you'd really like interior play to be stronger, especially in the pass pro game. I'm going to give him a five. I think a five as a whole is very, very fair because um, I just don't trust that interior. Like, I can't give them, like, a seven. Ideally, if we separate them, the tackles probably get a nine. So I'm going to give the whole thing a five. Yeah. This is the trickiest one on any side of the ball, in my opinion, because of what Judd laid out with the tackles being good, but also confidence rankings of a guy who's coming off an Achilles tear. Like, I can't assume Brian O'Neill is Brian O'Neill. I know he's tracking towards playing and he still should be fine, but that man, that's a big injury to suffer for a big man. And even though our, our great Alex, uh, Alex, our foot doctor here uh, came on and explained it very elegantly and perfectly. It's still concerning to me. Uh, Garrett Bradbury I thought took a step forward, but let's be honest, Garrett Bradbury taking a step forward was an average at best center too. So he went from being a train wreck to being like an average, maybe slightly above average center last season. And your guards are just a wild card, especially at Ingram. So for me, it's a six. It's a six because uh, I, I don't have much uh, confidence in the interior. And with Brian O'Neill's injury, it kind of scares me a little bit. So for me, it's a six out of ten. It's a six for me, too. Declan and I are very much in lockstep on some of these. Um, the only one that I know is going to be dominant this year is Christian Derrissaw. Yeah. And he's probably one of the top three left tackles in the NFL. And then I know Brian O'Neill, if he's healthy, is going to be really good. But you can't, you can't. And I know that it's not the full tear. It, but we got to see it. He ju- yeah. he just came back to full team drills like a week ago, so we got to see it. And then on the interior, Ed Ingram still looks very questionable. Um, I think Ezra Cleveland in pass protection is one of the more underrated sort of big questions about this team. He. We talk about Ed Ingram leading the league in pressures allowed last year. Well, Ezra Cleveland was second among guards. That's right. The Vikings guards among all the guards in the NFL were first and second. Now, does a non-mobile court? Now, Kirk doesn't always have the best sense and ability to get away from interior pressure. So are there other quarterbacks that might be saving their guards some pressures against by just moving differently? Sure. Sure. But um, it's a six. It's a six for me until we see a little bit more. And the depth is interesting because you do have some guys that can kind of move around and and you know you got tackles who can play guard and whatever. But so with that, I've done some math on the fly here on the offense. Okay. Sure. On the offense. On a one to ten scale, Declan's the most optimistic. Declan has a seven point six confidence score as we add all these up out of ten. This is kind of fits with the show. I am I the second say, most confident. Second. I have the Vikings offense as a 7 out of 10. And Judd, you are the least confident, the most skeptical. A 6.7 out of 10 is your composite score. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports 
and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Tales old as time. Yeah, Declan always has the most projected wins. I'm yep. always kind of right there, and then Judd's always the yep. most pessimistic. And usually Judd winds up being right, except for last well, year. The offensive right. line does scare me a little bit there. So, okay, so we'll get to the defense here and the special teams. Presented by our friends, in part anyways, at UglyDeck.com. And roll the roll the B-roll here so oh, the people sure, yeah. on YouTube can see. The, look at this, okay? You're looking at your deck. Hit my thinking, music. Yeah. You're thinking, yeah, you play my music right now because look at that deck right there. UglyDeck.com, a maintenance-free deck. Folks, it can be expensive, but what if I told you there's a way to save? And look at the beauty right there, $10,000. Even if you think you can't build a deck yourself, uglydeck.com. They have the DIY assist program where Ugly Deck installs your footings and ledger, designs and assists with your project, and you finish the deck and you're going to save thousands. You get a free DIY coach. It's like a quarterback coach. It's like Kirk and Kevin. You know what? You're like, I can't build this deck. I can sort of build it. And then Kevin O'Connell of Ugly Deck comes to your house. He's like, of course you can. Half of the uglydeck.com DIY customers have never framed a deck before, but if you can DIY but you can DIY it with their help. Average savings are going to be between 10 and 11 grand. If you go to their website, you can pick out your deck and check out all the great national brand products that they carry. Right now, they are running their fall promo, $500 off. Just tell them that Judd or Purple Daily sent you. Please do that because it helps us as well. Late summer and fall, perfect time to build a deck. So get started now on their website. Uglydeck.com is where you go. DIY is where you click. Get that deck of your dreams today. Hey, you know what you can do on a deck? You can grill. Maybe with your brand new Weber grill from Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden. In fact, this could be you, just like Declan. Put a little shrimp on the barbie. Huh? Some, do we have kebabs, too? Oh, Let's yeah, find out. Oh, there they are on the YouTube channel. We had some kebabs last night, actually. Mm. The Macadacs. Wings, steak. Think about all the things you could be tailgating with on your new Weber grill. Scornorth.com, enter keyword Weber to find out more information about these glorious Weber grills. Or stop into one of the more than 20 metro locations of Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden. Maybe you just don't feel like grilling. You should with a Weber, but you could also stop into Three Jack and the North Loop in Minneapolis, one of our favorite restaurants here at Scornorth, Purple Daily. Absolutely, especially uh, when it's golf season, the tee times fill up. You still want to get your swings in. You can go to 3Jack and 3Jack.com. You can also have your fantasy football draft in one of those golf bays. You book two hours. You get the first hour for free. You load up on those loaded nachos, the chicken sandwich, the plenty of great options on that menu. Go to 3Jack and 3Jack.com to book that bay or maybe book a fantasy football draft there as well. Go to 3Jack and support them in the North Loop. All right, gentlemen. Let's go through the defense here. Confidence, rankings, see if there's any 10s, see if there's any 1s. How panicked are you guys about some of the lack of experience? We'll start with the the down defensive linemen. So this would be like the Harrison Phillips, Dean Lowry, Tonga, like that group of, of meat and potatoes. 1 to 10 scale, defensive line. So I feel like the only real known entity here is probably Harrison Phillips. Dean Lowry comes from, from the Packers. Um, where I think he was solid, but I, I got a lot of questions here. And this is going to be, to me, the most important thing is, can you stop the run? Can you, because I do think that you can, you can disguise ways to impede the pass game. I don't think you can fake it on the run as much. I'm going to give this group for now, not knowing a lot, a four and a half. I am, I'm concerned here. This is my biggest concern. 
Um, because I think Flores can, I think he can coach ways to be far more effective against the pass game, but you're going to need these guys to be stout, as they say in football, against the run. And I have my concerns, four and a half. 4.5. This is the lowest, I believe. Well, no, I gave a three to the running backs. This is the second lowest position score of yeah, any of us. I like so apologize. It's a four for me. I'm going to go no! half step below Judley here. No it's a four for me. Uh, yep, uh, the power of Vikings uh, compels you there, Judd. Uh, I think for my uh, exactly. defensive line <laughs> takes. Uh, Harrison Phillips is fine. Maybe he takes a step forward. Dean Lowry, Kyrie's Tonga, like, I don't know, man. I just feel like the Vikings run defense might get run up uh, again like it was last year, especially we saw that against the Giants in the wild card game. I just have a lot of questions there, and it's an area we kind of overlook sometimes. And Vikings fans were spoiled with great defensive lines for like 20 years. It felt like in the from the 2000s into Mike Zimmer, and the last three years it's just been awful. Uh, so for me, it's just a four out of ten. It's a three for me. Yeah. It's a three for me. Uh, see, dog. I'm the most optimistic, ladies and gentlemen. I give you, you the most are. optimistic, the Homer, a purple well, daily. We- Harrison Phillips is a good player, but he's not a dominant player. He's not a guy that he's there. There are some, some three, four down linemen that will get, not only will help you in the run game like Harrison Phillips does, but will also get you a handful of pressers. I mean, that would be ideal, right? If you had, I mean, Aaron Donald, one of the greatest of all time, if you had a, like a, a needle moving uh, pressure rusher from that spot too, and they just, they don't have any of that from the inside. And Dean Lowry's a veteran. He's played almost 4,000 career NFL snaps with the Packers, by the way. But he's just a guy. The last few years, Pro Football Focus has him graded overall 59, 67, 57, and 62. He's just, he's, he's an NFL body. He has experience. He'll probably make some plays, but he's certainly not a dominant force. In Tonga, we haven't seen it in the, the big, you know, full sample size yet, so... Kind of like the running backs. You're like, all right, well, you got one guy that you think is pretty good, um, and then the rest are pretty big question marks. So, oh, I've, actually, no, I should probably change it to a three and a half because they do have more experience than the running back group, and I should I should put it a, t- a tick above the right. So I'll say three and a half is my okay. confidence score. All right. Okay, let, let, let's go to edge. Daniel Hunter, Marcus Davenport, DJ Wanham, Patrick Jones the second edge rushers. So I think they will find a way to get pressure uh, in Brian Flores' scheme. And I think that we, we can all agree, if healthy, Hunter is a known entity. And if used right, he can be very destructive. Marcus Davenport's on a one-year prove-it contract, and we need to see that. So I'm going to give them a seven, almost solely based on Hunter. And if he's available, I think he is no question a a Pro Bowl player, and I actually think he's going to uh, thrive in Flores' system. But Davenport's a big question mark. And then be- behind them, you know, with Patrick Jones II, um, uh, Wanham, there's a lot of unknowns there. So I can't give them like a nine. Um, you know, if, if this had been a year ago with Zadarius Smith and Hunter, I probably do go a nine. But I'm going to give them a seven, almost solely based on the presence of Daniil Hunter. I'm going to give him an eight. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna go up a little bit here. Uh, Daniel Hunter is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Uh, from what I've seen, just in clips, I know I didn't make it out to training camp, but just in clips on Twitter, it looks like Marcus Davenport's a bad man too. And I'm I'm gonna assume that the underlying stats that he still provided last year that were solid, even though he only had the half sack total. 
Um, I don't think that's going to matter a whole lot. I think those are good things for the Vikings. I think he'll actually turn them into sacks more. Uh, for me, this is an 8 out of 10, but it very well could be a 9 or a 10 by the end of the season, presuming both these guys are healthy. It's an 8 for me as well. Daniil Hunter is still in his prime. He's still, even with a weird system last year that didn't quite suit him perfectly, uh, he was one of the top like 7 to 10 edge rushers statistically in the NFL. I think Marcus Davenport, even just watching him at three practices, he was always in the backfield. He is a machine in terms of size and speed. I think he breaks out this year. I think it's double-digit sacks for Marcus Davenport. I should put that on the record tomorrow, if I remember. Uh, the depth is a question. If one of those guys goes down, I don't know who steps up. They don't have any other like reliable pass rushers behind those guys. And last year, I don't know if Brian Flores is going to be the same way, but Ed Donatel had those edge rushers sometimes taking full possessions off where you'd have one possession like early second quarter or early fourth quarter, and you'd have the backup edge guys in there, Juan and Patrick Jones, and they're just, there's a huge drop off. So, but it's an eight because it's, it's very top heavy. And I believe in Marcus Davenport. Okay. Inside linebackers, Jordan Hicks, Brian Asamoah, Ivan Pace, Jr. Troy die. Okay. So this one to me, because it involves uh, really both the pass and probably as importantly, the run game. And I feel, you know, Hicks Hicks took a pay cut to stay. I think he's going to be seen as a stabilizing influence, but I think there's questions about his age and, and his play. Um, Asamoah was hurt for a lot of camp. Pace impressed us, but he's still an undrafted free agent that we don't know a lot about. Um, again, this is to me a prove it group, and until they prove it, I'm giving them a four. I'm giving them a four. I just don't know. Like we could talk about, hey, Pace looked great and he flashed, and I I like what he brings, and he might turn into a very productive player, but that's also an assumption at this point. Hicks sort of scares me because I I think he's definitely susceptible in some ways. Can Flores cover up for that? Well, to a certain point, probably but not completely. So I'm going to give them a very big question mark and a four. It's definitely more of a projection, I think, than it is even a confidence ranking here. At least when you're doing the confidence ranking, you're kind of looking at more as a projection, especially with the two rookies or um, unproven guys and Brian Osmo and Ivan Pace, because Jordan Hicks is just kind of a guy. He's kind of a jag at this point, but an important jag, if you will, in the Brian Flores defense. I'm giving it a six on the basis that I think Ivan Pace and Brian Osmo are going to be able to really step in and create havoc in Brian Flores' defense. And even though Pace has kind of outshined Asamoah, uh, I still think you're going to see Asamoah on the field a lot. And I think Ivan Pace and these and is going to be a great addition too. It's a six, which I guess probably is maybe more bullish than what both of you are going to have here. Yeah, I'm right between you guys. I'm a five. Uh, I, I, I do like that they've upgraded the speed with Asamoah playing more often and then Ivan Pace. I actually think stopping the run, if it, especially if it's Pace and Hicks, I'm confident. Those guys, those guys moving forward. Now, Pace, it sounds like, was not always in the right place at the right time during these preseason games, but I think it fits into what he has been good at in college, tackling also what Brian Flores wants his linebackers and safeties to do oftentimes is blitz, and Ivan Pace was great at that, so... um I think pass coverage is going to be the biggest question among the linebacker group. We'll see if those guys can. Now, the good news is if, uh, you know, if you get beat on a route, 
I think Ivan Pace and Brian Awesome will have a better chance of tracking someone down and making a play yeah. before uh, you know a twenty yard gain gets ripped off. So I'm going to say a five. All right, cornerbacks, a very young group. They're almost all. I think all of them are twenty six and under. So, how would you uh, on a one to ten scale rate your cornerback confidence, Judd? Uh, so. Free agent pickup from the Cardinals, Byron Murphy Jr. earned raves uh, for his play in camp, and and I do think if he stays healthy, he is going to be a very productive player. But they're young, inexperienced. Um, I'm going to give him a five. I'm going to give him a five because I just don't know. Um, I I think that the presence of Byron Murphy Jr. will help, but and I think Makai Blackman is going to start outside in the nickel with Murphy inside a uh, Caleb Evans on the right side. I like what he brings, but again, he's coming off a year with three concussions. I'm going to give him a five. Again, this is sort of the theme of this exercise on defense. It's just a lot of unknowns. It's unknowns. Uh, just like my inside linebacker, it's more of a projection, but I think having unknowns at this position in the NFL is a pretty dangerous game. So for me, this is probably the lowest ranking I have. This is a three. This mm. is a three out of 10 for me, just because I, I have no idea what to expect from this group. I think Byron Murphy Jr. could be fine, but he's going to be asked to be basically be the shutdown guy or the guy that's playing the most reps to a degree. Uh, Joan Williams might be the savvy veteran pickup, but who knows? And then everyone else behind him has basically not played any meaningful snaps in the NFL in a pass-happy league that is basically working against cornerbacks. Uh, so I have no idea what to project here, but going into the season, it is just a three out of 10 for me. Yeah, it's, you know, so it's a five for me. I, I do think in terms of what they're going to ask Byron Murphy to do a lot of one-on-one matchups, it's it, and you've seen some of the one-on-one drills in training camp. He can hang, man. Like he's, he is as right. advertised in terms of just Great. keeping up with routes and foot speed and stuff. And the reason why I don't have it lower, because like there's not much experience beyond Byron Murphy Jr. The reason I don't have it lower is because there's enough talent there. I feel like they've got a bunch of first, second, third round picks. There's a lot of high-end talent that a couple other guys should rise to the surface, coached in the right way. So I think I think it's a five, but I wouldn't fight anyone that wanted to make it a three, like Declan said. And that brings us to safety led by maybe future Hall of Famer Harrison Smith and a bunch of uh, versatile players behind him. Judd? All right, I'm going to end my uh, my confidence rankings on a really high note here. Eight and a half for safety. I feel really Ooh. good about this. I, I feel good about the personnel they're deploying there, but, but I feel that actually in the Flores system that the safeties are going to have the potential to wreak the most havoc. In fact, I would call, so if... And they will quite a bit. If you got Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum, Josh Metellus on the field together, uh, one of those guys, probably Metellus, is basically going to be a rover. So I think there's a lot of potential here for chaos. I think there's a lot of potential here for positive confusion. I like what they're doing. I think this is three incredibly headsy smart players. Eight and a half. Eight for me. Uh, I love Harrison Smith. I think he's a savvy veteran who has more in the tank and last year was kind of just used improperly. And behind him, I really like this group. Um, it's not a position, too, that you got to put a, lot, a ton of stock in, like cornerbacks and 
uh, and, and, and outside linebackers got to rush the quarterback. They have a very important job, not to say the safeties don't either, but I just, I feel good about this group. Probably the best I do about any other position group. I like Cam Bynum. He's solid. Josh Metellus might be the uh, Swiss army knife of this defense too. For me, it's just a solid eight. It's a nine. I'm going to go, I'm going to go higher than you guys here. You've got one of the, one of the greats to, to ever do it in my life in Harrison Smith. And then, like Judd said, the the football IQ of some of the guys that are also playing in this position group is very high. Don't forget, too, I know that Lewis Seen hasn't panned out to the extent that we thought, but you still have like a first-round pick just kind of sitting fourth on your depth chart at that position, too. So there's a lot of talent, a lot of football IQ, and guys that fit well with what Flores is attempting to accomplish here. So it's a nine for me. I'm very excited about the safety group. And that means on defense, the math says. Survey says. The most optimistic about the Vikings defense among the three of us is me. A 6.1 out of 10. It's not very high. And you guys are both tied equally pessimistic at 5.8 when you do the math on all of our defensive grades. A lot of prove it. Coach Flores would like that. Me and my sports dad. So we've got just for fun here. So if we do, if we take the average of everyone's offense and defense, it looks like uh, Declan. See a six. Uh, 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 looks like Declan has them at a six point seven for the. This is before we get to special teams. Six point seven for Declan. Judd, you're at like a six point three, and then I'm at like a six point five. So Declan, in terms of offense, defense together, 50-50, Declan is the most optimistic at a 6.7. I'm at a 6.5. Judd's at a 6.3. Before we get to special teams real quick, I think based on our conversations about the Vikings and what we think they're going to do or not do this year, I feel like the tone of our discussion is more optimistic than like a 6 or a 6.7 out of 10. Yeah. So I, I attribute that to coaching. So we, we look at the position groups and, and the players themselves, and this is what we come to in terms of our confidence score. But if you now layer in the Kevin O'Connell factor, the Brian Flores factor, right? You know, some of the assistants, the Keenan McCardells, uh, Wes Phillips, right? I think my optimism score, just speaking for me, goes from like a 6.5 to a 7.5 or a close to an 8. I think they're, I think the coaching elevates... Uh, the the pieces, I guess, if you will. Right. And as we rank these, especially on the defensive side, it's a lot of, of uh, potential prove-its. But I think Flor- I think that there is a far better chance that Flores is going to maximize those positional strengths than Ed Donatel did. So yes, I am far more I'm far more encouraged that if we were to conduct this exercise halfway through the season, some of my grades, especially on defense, would be exceeded. Yeah. But I don't know yet. Like, mm-hmm. like the defensive line has to be good. Like, it doesn't have to be great. It has to be solid. I've got doubts right now. Inside linebacker. I like where they're trending with it, but we don't, don't know. So I think that this is a lot of the expectation is that these actual scores will be exceeded, to your point, because of coaching. And you know what? If Ivan Pace is really damn good, you know, that's going to shoot the inside linebacker confidence ranking way yeah, up as well. And and sure. that's a very good possibility. We just don't know yet. Yeah. So, all right, let's real quick, special teams, starting with Judd, one being panic, 10 being, you know, 
No sweat at all whatsoever. Where are you at? Special teams, are, are we doing uh, kicker kicker position, punter position, or just special teams? All of it. As a whole. Put it in a bin. Um, I like Matt Daniels. I think he does a very, I think he's a good special teams uh, co- coordinator. I know he wasn't super happy with some of the things he saw, but you're also now in final roster cuts. You're sort of going to fine tune this to get, because you, you, you were obviously trying to play guys who probably weren't going to make the team. So I'm going to give this a seven. I oh, think wow. a seven is very solid very fair um because it's not outstanding but i think that they will be respectable and they and again they have to be like this is how you if they're not that's how you lose games yeah i mean it's it's very much a black and white issue if you're doing your job everyone loves them and if they miss the kick or they have a bad punt or a bad snap yes it's uh the the booze come in so for me it's a seven and a half Mm -hmm. uh I, i like this group i like matt daniels a lot this dude might even be an nfl coach someday wouldn't shock me at all um, I like Greg Joseph. That is clear. There's not a big of a problem here. I think as much people make it out to be Ryan Wright is a solid punter, uh, seven and a half for me out of 10. Yeah. I don't trust Greg Joseph. So it's a five because I think the kicker weighs the heaviest, not well, literally with the punter. He so you think he's going to cost him a game or two? Um, I worry that he, well, it cost a game in such a way. He doesn't make enough 50-plus yard field goals, and he misses too many extra points. Last year, the way the games flowed, it didn't bite them as much as it could have. So if he doesn't make more 50-yarders, and if he doesn't make more extra points, it's likely to hurt the Vikings a lot more this year than it did last year. So that's where I'm at. I hope he proves me wrong, because I'm sick of this kicker angst that we all live with here following this damn team. He did make a 60, what, was it 62 yards against the yep. Giants? I'm not, that's the thing, no one's that. saying he does nothing good. This is like the Kirk Cousins thing. Well, that Saints playoff game. Okay, no one's saying he's garbage. We're we're, we're poking holes I'm, in the things that we want I'm, to be better. I'm Greg Joseph garbage. has the lowest 50-yard percent, uh, 50 yard field goal yeah. rate and the lowest uh, extra point rate, and those are two huge categories for a kicker. Mm-hmm. So, And he missed one in the third preseason game, too. Like, just, just bang it home. 54, I think. Just banging yes. off. You're indoors, whatever. Yep. So, so there we go. Let us know what your confidence rankings are for each of these position groups in the uh, YouTube comment section, and we can see kind of where where our scores fall with yours. A shout out, real quick, to our friends at Summit Orthopedics. So, if you're dealing with any type of pain, joint pain, ankle, back, whatever it is, Summit Orthopedics is here with uh, no referrals needed. By the way, same day appointments are available, and they offer walk-in orthopedic urgent care seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Learn more at summitortho.com. 25 locations across the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. Summitortho.com. This is Daily Vikings Entertainment here. Purple Daily, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.